as a brand, making sure that you have the right influencer partnerships in place. At Magic Links, for example, when we are thinking about who those talents are, they are vetted, they are tried and true, they're professionals. Hi, my name is Keith, and you're listening to The Link, connecting you to the creator economy through chats with inspiring industry leaders, creators, and brand moguls. On today's episode, our host, Genesis Ariola sits down with Magic Link's Global Head of Strategic Partnerships, Jen Pena, and Magic Link's Director of Influencer Partnerships, Nicole Latour, to discuss brand strategy during Q4 and the holiday season. Take a listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our third episode of The Link, connecting you to the creator economy. Today's episode is going to be a good one. It's going to be all things brand and influencer strategy on how to set your brand up for success during the busy Q4 and holiday season. My name is Genesis, and I'm your host for today. And I'm joined with two of Magic Links' very own award-winning talents. We have Jen Pena and Nicole Latour. Nicole Latour is our Director of Influencer Partnerships and joins us for the second time on the show. So, Nicole, welcome back. And Jen, welcome onto the show. Jen joins us for the first time, and Jen leads our global strategic partnerships here at Magic Links. Ladies, it's great to have you on. For viewers or anybody listening who's not familiar, maybe we can just kick it off with a short little fun intro about what you do here at Magic Links. Let's kick it off with Nicole. Thanks, Genesis. Hi, I'm Nicole. I lead the team that manages all of our sponsored campaigns for our brand partners. And we really sit in between the creator relationships and building that and helping brands achieve their KPIs for their campaigns with Magic Links. I love it. And then we'll pass it off to Jen. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, my goal is to help brands make smart investment decisions and creators, you know, having been in the influencer industry now for almost seven years, there's obviously been a lot of changes and and Magic Links is always at the forefront of helping brands to navigate those changes and do it in a way where in the end, you're you're seeing recognizable revenue and, and achievement of the KPIs like Nicole mentioned. I love it. Uh, thank you for the intro. So I think we should just dive right in. We have a lot to cover and we're already hitting the ground running with Q4. So for a lot of brands, I would love to start with looking at this through like a macro lens. A lot of brands or just the economy in general with the looming economic headwinds, many brands have tight revenue and profitability targets this year. How can brands really consider using influencer to get the most juice or just leverage influencer strategies for brands? Sure, I can start. I mean, influencers are the juice, right? They're one of the most impactful engines that a brand can use to deliver bottom line results and open the funnel, which is difficult to do in the marketing world. In terms of the macro sense, since 2020, the start of COVID and pandemic, obviously, Brands have been through a freaking whirlwind. They've had all of the odds stacked up against them. So we've certainly seen some winners and losers, both in terms of of brands that have been able to make it successfully amidst stores closing, amidst having to dramatically change the way that they're looking at e-commerce and how influencers play into that. 
moving into 2021, which, you know, was an interesting year where some brands, again, were massive winners in e-commerce, saw continued store closures, also saw some reopenings, different strategies amongst different brands. And then this year, which has really been obviously a stressful year because the economy at large is retracting and we're just starting to feel that people aren't getting their checks from the government anymore. And so although the job market is fairly strong, there's that for brands to consider in terms of how people are going to spend throughout the Q4 and holiday period is a little bit of a question mark. So what we're seeing from brands is not necessarily a retraction in spend, but it's a tilt towards how do I be really smart with my dollars and ensure that yes, I will get to X dollar number for the year in terms of revenue results. So it's just a stricter tie of investment versus outcome, as opposed to throwing dollars at more reach and high campaign activations. We're at the crux of a bear market and brands are really, they're really taking a look at their programs, especially when it comes to influencers to say, how can I tie these to real results? And so that comes with a lot of creativity. For brands, it's really important to have the right partners in place in terms of what influencers you're activating and how you're thinking about those programs creatively. For example, the power of network, right? This is not a time to be activating a one-off campaign that is maybe focused on a set of five to 10 influencers. This is a time to think about how can I get into a network of influencers, share my brand and products, and create this kind of organic and compounding effect that is also directly tied to the campaign. So all of this can be considered in the realm of how brands are thinking strategically this Q4. Another way to power that, power the results of your influencer activations is by thinking about integrating paid media. So paid media is a great mechanism to reach more eyes. We love TikTok for this capability. Whitelisting is super easy. You take a piece of high-performing sponsored or even organic content, negotiate the rights, and now you have a high-powered marketing vehicle that you can use to access millions of potential fans and customers for your brand. I love that. Yeah. So it's sounding like really thinking of influencer as like an extension or as community, right? Or as an extension of your brand, thinking of it as a two-part, that organic component with that paid component is sounding like it's a great way for brands to think about their influencer strategy. This might be more of a question for Nicole or feel free to jump in, but with all of the noise in Q4, especially if you're a brand, how can you think about really standing out among this promo frenzy, if you will, promotions everywhere? Like how can a brand think about really, really standing out in these times? In terms of brands standing out to customers, we really see when brands are activating across all channels. So going back to what Jen was saying before, having that TikTok peak media strategy also aligning on YouTube or Instagram, really having your message everywhere at this time. And that repetition, you want to be top of mind when customers are thinking about, if I have X amount of dollars to spend, who am I spending it with? You want to be the first brand that they're thinking of and also offering that value. So having content that really displays the value of what you're offering and being in the right place at the right time, which is always a challenge around this time. And then Jen, I guess you can speak to better than I can, like the curated influencer selections, the Kelly Strackbox. We've seen a lot of success with 
more personal in-depth partnerships. Yeah, a question for brands is right. How do you stand out? There's to no surprise that the promotions have already started and we're only in the first week in October. I think we're in the midst of Amazon having their first round of promotion. So it's not just Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It hasn't been for years. It's all about Q4 promotions as a whole. And they're rampant and they're everywhere. And so it's how do you stand out amongst the promotions, not just with a percent off, but with a compelling product, right? That is coupled with the right sense of promotion and or added value. <laughs> Free shipping is not added value anymore. So what is the added value piece? We've seen some really interesting things come into market, especially with some of our beauty partners. So one beauty partner in particular that is more of an accessible beauty that you might classify as drugstore has started to, we've helped them to come up with this, this idea around how do you take a great influencer that has brand affinity and a super curated audience that has already purchased a lot of products from the brand and create a curated experience, in this case, a box that takes in those top sellers, the things that fans are already purchasing and loving and puts them in a curated experience, which is the box. So now you've had this like readily packaged, this readily packaged potential gift that is easy to purchase, comes with a promo code, is all tied directly to the influencer. It's a really nice way to, to package kind of top sellers and include a recognizable face for the brand we've seen phenomenal results from. So different ways of being creative with influencers, integrating them into your brand and that sit outside of promo codes because the promos are always going to be there and they're all live in Q4. It's to be expected from audiences. Yeah. And I think my favorite part about that activation is in influencer beauty culture, getting those send outs for the creators. It's like, all of their customers are watching them receive these boxes. So it really puts the customer in that position of receiving the box. And then they're excited to share it on their Instagram stories or however, the same way their influencer that they really have an affinity with does. So again, on that, like being creative and really bringing in like, what are the experiences and like the culture of like around your product and the people that love your product and how do you deliver that to the consumer as well? It's really really awesome to see that bridge get tied. And that was really cool to see in that partnership. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's sounding like really trusting in the creator is like a big part of that, especially like if you're a brand. But yeah. I love those insights, Nicole and Jen. Yeah. Trusting I in the creator, but really using the data to inform that decision, which in the case of this particular beauty partner, we saw the results, right? The results were already prevalent. And so it was just a matter of taking that and packaging it in a different way to inspire new purchases. Um, another note on kind of like standing out in the midst of Q4 and promotion frenzy is really around platform diversity. So I think most brands have become relatively versed in what platform diversity means, but I can't say it enough in Q4, it is absolutely critical to be prevalent on any on every platform and it doesn't mean that you have to invest tens of millions of dollars into each platform however you do want to activate a core set of influencers across the main ones so being youtube being your kind of like long form content driver 
super conversion driver, also content that sits there through all of Q4 and in many cases will build in terms of viewership and engagement and will continue to rise in the algorithm as well as more of your hit in the moments, especially great for promotion sharing and activating customers when they are their bellies are full after Thanksgiving or they're bored at home with their families, <laughs> myself speaking personally, and activating the right influencers on those short-form content places, which is primarily TikTok and Instagram. And then sprinkling in other places to play in, like Pinterest. We love Pinterest as a new vehicle. A lot of people are searching Pinterest right now for holiday decor, for gift wrapping. It's a great DIY space that is also rising in fashion and beauty. And then, of course, Facebook, where your great mommy blogger coupons and savings communities that are in there every minute of every day looking for the best deal. I love that. Yeah. Platform diversity sounds like it's, it can seem overwhelming, but I do think that if you know how to tap into it, like it can be very powerful for your brand. And so I think like shameless plug here, but I think if you're a brand and you're feeling like you don't really know where to start, I think always having like a group of experts or partners that really know how, where, and the, the right strategy to tap in for your brand, like that can be like the key, right? Yeah. So I want to just really quickly revisit something that Jen said, and it was shipping is not a value add. And I do think that when it comes to e-commerce or promotion strategies, if we can just quickly touch on if there's any other do's or don'ts or like best practices that a brand can think of for a holiday promotional strategy. I think in terms of working with influencer, the biggest piece of advice is keep it simple. We've seen brands toggle back and forth between a higher discount and a lower discount. And creators are consistently sharing out this message to their customers. So keeping it simple, making sure that the customer can get to the site and have the promotion that the creator spoke about, or maybe it's a surprise and delight where the promotion is better, but definitely keeping it within the realm of what's out there. And we've also seen, particularly in beauty, like GWP strategies working well. So having that free gift set with a certain amount of purchase, having maybe special wrapping paper, there's just different things that we've seen offered that can really excite the audience during this time. I would double down on that and say a lot of times an influencer or social team will not necessarily communicate with the e-com and or whoever's running the promotions on site. And for some brands, those are changing daily, which you know, is not a great experience, but there's reasons that brands do it. So the important piece is that whoever is managing the influencer side is absolutely communicating with the e-commerce team to make sure that whatever the influencer is messaging aligns with what's on site. The worst case scenario is you've got this great influencer with credibility and they're sharing an offer that is a day late or is next week or is not matching what is on site. Immediately, the credibility is reversed and that puts a poor taste not only in the talent's mouth, but also in their fans. So... I love it. Thank you for sharing some promotional strategy things that brands can keep in mind when working with creators. And on that note of what creators or what influencers are looking for in their partnerships, what sorts of things should a brand think about when, you know, it's time to launch a new campaign or just working with influencers? I think we see brands that we work with all the time and partner with regularly 
that are really amazing partners for our creators, really trusting their creative direction, really making it a true collaboration with us and our influencer network. And in Q4, we know it is a high stress time. We know that everyone has aggressive goals to hit. And so some of those best practices that we've developed fall because it's really focused on their goal. So something that creators are really looking for is a continuation of that partnership and the way that we give time to creators to test the product and ensure that they really connect with it or create content. It takes about five days to produce, edit, and deliver the YouTube videos, for example. So really keeping that in mind, even though it is a crazy time, is important. Um, also respecting the contracts. During this time, we know everyone is like turnkey, just trying to optimize and do things as quickly as possible. And that's another pro of having a partner to help you with all of these different relationships that you're managing is if you decide, hey, this content's performing, let's negotiate for paid usage or let's put spend behind it. We're here to take that burden off of brands. It's like an extra step during all of the marketing channels that they're managing. <laughs> the biggest thing is if you're doing something and you know what's worked in the past, let's continue to double down on not worked and not lean into the frenzy of things, especially when it comes to creator content and messaging is where we really see tightening up on what content should look like, what words should be said, how things should be presented. A big box tech retailer that we've worked with in the past, for example, in tech, a really big trend is to do product comparisons. And that's just because people that are investing upwards of $200 in a product want to know why is this better than X, Y, and Z. That's how we shop, especially for a little bit bigger of an investment. So we've done campaigns where it's been really beneficial and there's a creator that has driven like $60,000 doing these comparison videos to the product that they set out to promote. However, in a sales period where there's this sort of pressure around messaging and not wanting to give maybe a different version of the product any shine or not wanting to involve another brand. They're very strict on this creator not including a comparison in the video. And those videos only delivered $2,000 in value compared to the $60,000 in value we typically see. Continuing to work with your partners on what the balance is to ensure that we're reaching the KPI and what really holds important and true is important in helping influencers to feel, you know, that they are promoting things that they believe in an authentic voice to their customer and really continuing to nourish that relationship as we roll into Q1. Yeah. And to like double click on that, this idea of opening up your brand standards and or opening up the way that your brand is shared and perceived on social is especially important in Q4. The way that people shop is not, it's not particular to one brand, right? People want options. They want to see a great assortment of products and brands led by the curation of this, these talents that they really respect and admire. And part of that is by having your brand next to other brands. And it might be a competitor. It might be a brand that is aspirational to you. What's important is that you're trusting this voice that is recognized as a thought leader in shopping 
to share that with their audience in the best way possible. And again, this goes back to as a brand, making sure that you have the right influencer partnerships in place. At Magic Links, for example, when we are thinking about who those talents are, they are vetted. They are, they've been in our network for years. They are tried and true. They're professionals, right? They have a voice that is clean and viable and brilliant and is going to put your brand in the right light as opposed to working maybe with someone that's brand new that you've never worked with before. And obviously that level of trust is always something that is one to work on. But when you're in the midst of Q4, you've got a budget to spend and goals to hit. You want to have an influencer partner in place that helps you to get past those trust barriers in a way that's faster and also based on data. Yeah, I love that. There's a bunch of fascinating stuff, like takeaways from all of what you both just said. One of them being it takes a creator five days to create, edit, and get some content out. And while those numbers might be average, I think that's something that a brand should really take into consideration when planning like rollout dates or key campaign dates. Like I think that's something that's very fascinating. And another one, 60K versus 2K in sales, the data, it makes it clear that really leaning into the creativity and authenticity of a creator is key here. Something that brands could really learn from. So thank you for sharing that. I would love to pivot into trends. Like I think holiday definitely is a time where there's like a microcosm of trends that we see. Obviously they're platform dependent. I think maybe if when we're looking at TikTok, the trends might be a little bit different than say Pinterest, but I would love to dive into what we're forecasting, what we're seeing, what your experience with holiday trends are and how can brands think of them? Yeah. I mean, on the creator side, in terms of content trends, there's a few sort of overarching ones that we can see across any platform, depending on how the creator's content is typically made. But definitely right now, focusing on audience interaction with content for the creators, especially with different platforms popping up that encourage like a lot of engagement. So that TikTok virality, even YouTube shorts right now, where you're seeing so much engagement, creators are really leaning into interactive content. So their audience is really engaging with them, the brand, which is exciting. So some of those formats could be this or that. So again, sort of looking at comparable brands or different products from different brands and having the creator, having the creator's audience sort of weigh in on, okay, like, you know, which one should I talk about more in depth in my next video? It's a really great way to keep consistent engagement. Um, ask me anything. This is awesome because a lot of times the creator's audience will ask like, where did you get those shoes? Where did you get what eyeshadow are you wearing today? So it's a really organic way for creators to share out links to their favorite picks. And it doesn't come across as inauthentic or salesy because you're literally giving the people what they want. And then something else that's really interesting right now, especially for fashion. And as Jen touched on earlier, we are in this recession ish area or time. And it's not just brands that are feeling it is customers. So one way that creators have found to be really conscious of the times is almost like closet updates or showing how you can utilize something 
in many different ways. So it's not so much like pull culture by every single thing when we know your pockets may be a little bit tighter. It's sort of like, hey, here are my best recommendations of things that can add value to you in many different ways or update your wardrobe so you feel your best. And it's just a few really key pieces. So those have been some really outstanding trends and we've seen that with engagement across all platforms recently. And then I guess the gift guide trend, Jen, I, do you want to dive into that a little bit? I was, I was going to double down on this idea of quality, which we're coming out of the era of fast, trendy, affordable fashion that maybe you don't keep around, right? We're, we're moving, definitely seeing a movement out, outside of that and a movement towards, yes, capsule collections, quality, spending maybe a little bit more on something that you're going to keep for years as a staple in your closet. And the th- same goes for gifting. So we're seeing this idea of quality and something that you want to keep around in terms of when you're deciding on a purchase as an area that influencers are continuing to talk about. And I think that's going to, we're seeing our data is telling us that that's going to bleed into Q4 as well. And then gift guides. Yes. Gift guides are always a very crucial piece of influencer content in Q4 alongside Vlogmas. I'm surprised you didn't talk about that, Nicole. We love Vlogmas on YouTube. Gift guides, right? Like, you know, there's outside of the, the traditional publications like a Vogue that, you know, presents their curations every single year, the influencers choices are sometimes more impactful because they are typically perceived as organic and are organic from the perspective of they're sharing their actual choices, selections, favorites, not necessarily in sponsored content. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, where the best way that you can activate some of these influencers, excuse me, is through networks by having your product available to them, by initiating gifting programs, by being first and and being front forward for organic content. And a lot of that is going to come through gift guides. And so there's a variety of ways that you can access those types of talents and one of them being a network like Magically. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot Vlogmas. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tradition. That is a YouTube tradition. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole and Jen, for your time today, your expertise. I think there's a lot of key takeaways and a lot of great insights here for brands as we are fully in the swing of Q4 and holiday. If you're a brand and you want to learn more about Magic Links, please visit us at magiclinks.com and follow us on all social channels. And until next time, thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more of our content, head to magiclinks.com or follow us on all social media at Magic Links. See you next time on The Link.